Well, let me invite you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 48. Psalm 48, as we continue our evening uh, periodic series through uh, the book of Psalms. Uh, John Carroll first opened up this book with the congregation, and I picked up where he left, left off. And so we're on Psalm 48. Hear the word of God. A song. A psalm of the sons of Korah. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, in the city of our God, His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth, Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. Within her citadels, God has made himself known as a fortress. For behold, the kings assembled. They came on together. As soon as they saw it, they were astounded. They were in a panic. They took flight. Trembling took hold of them there, anguish as of a woman in labor. By the east wind, you shattered the ships of Tarshish. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, which God will establish forever. We have thought on your steadfast love, O God, in the midst of your temple. As your name, O God, so your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Let Mount Zion be glad. Let the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. Walk about Zion. Go around her. Number her towers. Consider well her ramparts. Go through her citadels that you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God, forever and ever. He will guide us forever. Our most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, may your word be opened. And may we have our souls fed by your Holy Spirit, we pray. We'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this evening we come to a celebration psalm, a psalm of celebration by the sons of Korah. We are not given the exact date by internal evidence, but it is clear that the psalm was written upon the occasion of some deliverance, some deliverance of Jerusalem from a calamity. Perhaps it was penned during the time of Ahaz when a siege was suddenly broken. Or perhaps it was during the reign of Jehoshaphat, recorded in 2 Chronicles 14, when a miracle from heaven preserved the city from utter destruction. But what is clear is that God's favor is certainly in view. But Psalm 48 is more than that. If we just think about it as a piece of real estate on a particular uh, point on the globe, we fall short in properly understanding inspiration and its prophetic purposes. This psalm does not just look backwards into the past, thanking God for a great triumph that he's given. This psalm also looks to God's faithfulness, yes, to our fathers before us, but also its bedrock foundation in Christ Jesus our Lord. The psalm looks forward to the fulfillment of the shadows and the promises which God gave in the Old Testament, and to their fulfillment in the New, in Jesus Christ our Lord, and beyond the New Testament, to His second coming, 
to His glorious triumph and to His eternal reign. So my prayer this evening is that as we look at Psalm 48, that we will be able to see here that the life of Christ shines in His people. The life of Christ shines in His people. Now the psalm is obviously all about Jerusalem of old. The first two verses teach us that Jerusalem was beautiful. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised in the city of our God, His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth. You know, cities are lovely things sometimes. I I can remember first seeing the city of Aberdeen, Scotland, where my eldest child was born. I've never been to Jerusalem, so I have to talk about one of the coolest places I've ever been. And as we came around the bend and saw the city there on the shore, there had uh, just been a rainstorm, as is very typical in the old country. And so there was water on the granite structures that fill that place. Because of the location of quarries, Aberdeen is called the Granite City, as uh, in contrast with, for example, the cities of Edinburgh and Glasgow, which have sandstone buildings in the main. Immovable, giant and strong granite can look ugly and mundane, except when it rains. And when it rains, it sparkles like silver. It looks like shimmering white gold. It's a beautiful sight to see. The psalmist here is telling us that Jerusalem of old was that way. It was God's city, God's mountain, and it was beautiful in elevation. Its rise against the horizon, uh, the, the symmetry and proportion and form of that city on a hill was beautiful to the eye and delighting to the soul, the joy of all the earth. But the city was also more than just some fine architecture. It also was beautiful because it was divine. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. Here we have to trace the discussion about the king. You see, this is a psalm being written by the sons of Korah. And many in first hearing it might think, oh, the great king is David. The great king is Solomon. The great king is is one of that blessed line through which the Messiah would come. But as we read on, we hear talk of God establishing that city forever. And we hear of the greatness of the king being unparalleled in all of history. And so we quickly know that more is being spoken of here than just the activity of men. God is active. God is busy in this city. It is beautiful because of His presence, because of His involvement, and because of His coming Son. Verses 4 to 7 teach us that Jerusalem of old was awesome. The kings assembled. They came together. They saw it and were astounded. The enemies of God reacted in a panic, and they took flight, trembling, And it's as if the east wind came and blew all the opposition away. Oh, the city of Jerusalem is an awesome place because God Himself had given His covenant promises concerning its people. And God had chosen that place and so had given it into their hand. 
that the symbolic form of his presence among men and his fellowship with them would be there. And there were walls and, and defenses and strategery in that place which was striking to the enemy which thought it would have easy pickings. God protected that city. As we've heard, verse 8, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, which God will establish forever. The hand of God's protection was upon that place, even as His covenant promises were being worked out. David was safe in that city because he was on a mission from God. He had a purpose in his life to point to and to prepare the way of the Lord. His son Solomon and the others in that godly line after him, they were responsible for shaping and molding the life of that place and of the people after the word and will of God. And so as they lived and reigned according to the word of God, they found his blessing. They found his strength and his mighty hand of protection. There they were in that strange little place, caught between the great powers of Babylon and Iran in the north and Egypt in the south, that crossroads of continents. And yet the Lord protected them through thick and thin. The Lord the righteous and powerful and almighty God. Jerusalem was also a religious city. Verses 9 through 11 tell us that. We have thought on your steadfast love, O God, in the midst of your temple. You see, Jerusalem was the place where that temple had been commanded to be built, where God had set his feet, as it were, and met with his people. Uh, They could go to that temple And they could pray to the true and living God. They could see and learn about sacrifices and death and substitution and atonement. The basic building blocks of the whole faith were there in symbolic form. Jesus would one day take bread and break it and he would give it to his disciples. He he would one day speak of his flesh being true food and his blood is true drink. And so there was showbread on the table appointed by God in order to teach the people that he was their sustenance and that the Lord alone would provide. Oh, God made that city special by the presence of himself and of his worship in that appointed and symbolic fashion. Your right hand is filled with righteousness, O God. Let Mount Zion be glad Let the daughters of Judah rejoice. Because God is there. Because God was in Jerusalem of old with His hand of protection and blessing and presence. It was a very religious and spiritual place. And then there are these strange instructions at the end. Verses 12 to 14. Walk about Zion. Go around her. Number her towers. Consider well well her ramparts. Go through her citadels that you may tell the next generation. It's a very strange tour that we are taken on by the sons of Korah. They want us in our mind's eye, if not with our own feet, to walk around the walls, 
to sit and look and gain a feel for the strong towers on each corner or angle. Jerusalem of old was a fortified city. And they were to get a feel for what it was like that they might tell the generations to come. Now perhaps the sons of Korah spoke prophetically. And that they were telling the children of Israel to remember what it looks like because there was impending doom coming. And they would be crushed. And the city would be leveled. And the people of God would be taken off in captivity to the far north into Babylon. And they would only be able to reminisce about the beauties and glories of that place of old. But it's not a bad thing to survey a city when facing threats, is it? One of the most fascinating things about uh, post-9-11 life in America is when I, I remember hearing that they were doing laser precision measurements of all the major public buildings in Washington, D.C. Remember that the Capitol and the White House were potential targets of one of the planes uh, that uh, went down before it reached the city. And microscopic, sub-microscopic measurements of every ripple in those buildings was taken and recorded and safeguarded so that if anything ever happened to the city, we might build it up once again. That's the kind of thing that the psalmist is here singing of. He orders a survey, but concern for calamity casts a shadow over our triumphalistic interpretation. You see, there's something more, something better still about this psalm that should move us to think, in a forward-looking direction rather than back. Zion is the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jerusalem of old is a physical city which symbolizes the people of God and the presence of God with His people. The temple points directly to the one who took on flesh and tabernacled among us, even the very Son of God who became incarnate. And so when we read of the beauty of Jerusalem, we need to remember that that beauty points not to just architectural form and order, which is pretty to the eye, but it points to life and soul and fellowship with Almighty God by His people. The beauty of God indwells the church. The beauty of God's Son incarnate transforms our lives. The beauty of His church that He progressively brings about through the various treatments in His providence that He gives us that we might be conformed to His image. All of those are so that the beauty of God might shine forth from us. Not to our own praise, but to his. I remember the first time as a teenager, I entered a a bathroom and ran into a canister of whipped cream or mayonnaise of some sort. Miracle whip, I think it was. I I had never seen such a sight. We we didn't have this in my home. My mother was blind, and and we didn't have a lot of that kind of outward accoutrement uh, Uh, beautification. Uh, She didn't need it. Everything was just uh, in proper order. 
But I can remember going in and and seeing and wondering whether were they eating a tomato sandwich in here? Is that where this came from? But no, it was part of a beauty application, uh, one layer of beautification to help moisturize the skin and and to make uh, one radiant and etc. Outward application to our skin can make a shine. But here Jerusalem is talking, the psalmist is talking about inward application. Beauty oozing out from the inside, transforming us from the inside out, that the people of God might be conformed to the image of Christ and so live to His glory. You see, the divinity of God blesses the souls of His people, His church. The Word became flesh and lived among us. Do we not sing at Christmas, veiled in flesh the Godhead see? His divine person is the source of every blessing to the Christian in this life. It's all to His glory. By His power, He defends us because you see, He's not the babe in the manger any longer. He's the divine warrior who guards and protects His church. His promises for His people are yea and amen. And His promises will be kept because He does not lie. He is impeccable. And He adorns His church with every good gift, giving us all that we need for Christian living. Every point of light and righteousness and goodness, everything that is good about you, believer, you owe to Him. And so, we must be ready not just to go to church, but to be the church. We must primp. We must work at looking our best. We must work at being our best. We must work at giving Him glory in the way that we think, in the way that we act, and in the way that we feel. And so we must read His Word and pray His Word daily. We must have fellowship with His people. And we must think about the crises of our generation in light of His holy and inspired Word. We must look to Him alone for our salvation. Look to Him alone for the strength that we need for Christian living. Christ-centeredness helps the things of earth not only to grow more dim as we long for heaven, but also at the same time mysteriously to become clearer as His mind indwells us and we get the proper orientation for all of Christian living. We must rest in Him. Now, you know, Presbyterians aren't very good at resting. We have excellent credentials at worrying. But we must learn to rest in Christ. Yes, we have trouble burying our head in the sands of sentimental ignorance. But we need to inform our minds with the things of Christ, trusting Him who knows best Christ will guard and protect. He is busy weaving the tapestry of your life. Don't be surprised if the pattern that He develops for you is just a little bit different than you would choose for yourself. Don't fret. He is the one who guards your life and protects your soul. Trust His Word and be busy building His kingdom. And the life of Christ will shine through you too to His glory. Let us pray.